Thank you for joining me for Soulful Conversations with my community of fellow travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. These conversations highlight what travel really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. Each week, I'll be speaking to women who are tourism professionals, world travelers, and leaders in their communities. We'll explore how travel has changed them and how that has rippled out and inspired them to change the world. These conversations are as much about travel as they are about passion and living life with purpose, chasing dreams, building businesses, and having the desire to make the world a better place. This is a community of people who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness, and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. I'm Christine Weinbrenner-Eirich, and this is The Soul of Travel. Kristen Sargent is living her wildest dreams. She owns legit trips with her best friend, travels every day with the love of her life in their RV, and contributes as a life coach in a way that fuels her soul. Legit Trips was born out of an understanding that the world is better when we're connected to it and each other. They're in business to help people discover the world together. They strive to help people feel curious, alive, and free to try or do new things. And they aim to help their guests live their best lives so their guests can share their unique awesomeness with the world. In our conversation, Kristen and I talk about the importance of community and how Legit Trips connects with and creates community in each of their experiences. We also talk about making room for the magic of travel in our itineraries and the ways they focus on giving back through their business. We end by exploring who travel is for right now and how it differs from the way travel has looked and felt in the past. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Kristen Sargent. Welcome to Soul of Travel. I'm so happy today to be joined by Kristen Sargent with Legit Trips. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about her background, her nomad life, and what it's like to be a traveler in 2022. So uh, welcome, Kristen. I'm happy to have you here. Thanks, Christine. I'm really happy to be here. Um, to begin this conversation, I'd like to give you the opportunity to uh, introduce yourself, give us a little bit of background on uh, legit trips, and then we'll dive a little bit deeper into your own personal travel journey. Sure. I'm one of the co-owners of Legit Trips. I own the business with my best friend, Megan, and we had worked together in a past life and During that time, just became great travel buddies. And we built this like annual friends trip that just got bigger and bigger every year until it kind of got out of control. And we had 18 people on our last friends trip before we decided we should turn it into a business. We had some issues between friends, like not paying each other back for things. 
And we were like, man, you know, traveling together with your friends is supposed to be this great thing. It shouldn't come between friends. Um, And we were sitting on a beach in Belize and just talking about it. And Megan in her always thinking forward and pushing forward ways was like, we're coming back here in one year and we will have a group travel company that does all the work and people can just stay friends and pay us and not fight with each other. And I said, okay, that sounds kind of cool and thought maybe it would happen. But one of the reasons I'm very grateful to have Megan as a business partner is that she always makes sure everything happens. So one year later, we had our first trip. We were an LLC, like a real company. And after that, we did about six trips our first year. And now we've been in business for this is our seventh year. And we we do about 20 trips per year, 20 to 25, and really just go all over the world wherever our guests would like to go. And we sort of handcraft and pre-populate these really cool itineraries. Um, and then we sell them to the public. So whether you're a solo traveler or a small group of friends or even a couple you're welcome to join any of our trips that are open to the public and you'll sort of like be welcomed right into the family and have a little group to travel with wherever you're headed. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. I'd love that image of you two sitting on the beach in Belize (laughs) one, because it's a super special place for me as well, but two, just, I have a best friend that we are always kind of hatching these harebrained schemes and neither one of us (laughs) seems to be the Megan of the group because we haven't managed to do it yet, but it doesn't mean that maybe that doesn't list out uh, or live out somewhere else. But I love the kind of the context that you painted because from what I know of you and what I've seen of legit trips, like that is what the, the vibe really feels like is this community of friends traveling together, whether they're people that know each other ahead of time or not, like very much by the end of the trip, it seems like this is what happens is they become friends. And this um, sense of community is a really important part of the trips that you create. Definitely. Well, you talked about how Legit Trips came together, but I would love to get a little bit of a sense of where you come from and how how travel became um, important to you. Um, for our listeners, you also um, currently live as a nomad, like you are traveling, you are right now outside of Arizona. We were just connecting about that. When you and I first met, we realized that we were actually not very far apart from each other in Montana, which was super amazing. Like we actually thought we might connect along the highways of Montana yeah. in, in real life. <laughs> um, but what does what is travel for you? Why is it so important that is such a, a big part of your life? I think for Megan and I both, we grew up in small towns, mostly people who were just like us. And we didn't really know that there was difference in this big wide world that was out there. And on two separate journeys, we each studied abroad in college. And that was the switch, right? Like, oh, wow, there's so many different types of ways to live. And that like, maybe our way isn't the best way. And we reconnected when we started, you know, traveling together, we reconnected about that story that we both shared of studying abroad and really committed sort of to each other. We're going to keep doing this and keep learning and sharing it with as many people as possible 
because for us, it made us better humans. It changed the way that we thought about life and approached other people. And we really do believe that when we connect to each other and to different places, even just the the animal species of a place, like it just makes us so much more empathetic to what's going on in the world and just a lot more understanding. So it's our sort of little way of maybe creating some more peace in the world. And I think that's really at the heart of why we continue to do this, even when it gets hard. Yeah, I love that. I feel like that is actually underlying for so many people that I know in travel is that it's this sense of understanding our place in the world. And then also this desire for people to understand the beauty of all of the like nooks and crannies and people and places and species. Like you said, like once you've traveled and you see that magic for yourself, it's not like we want to keep it to yourself, right? You want every single person to sit beside you and have that sense of awe and wonder. And I also think that makes people that come into travel from that space, what they create is something very different than the typical travel experience, which again, I think goes back to that sense of community and connection that you were sharing about. I also really resonate with the story or your background of growing up in a small community and not really having everything be very same. I grew up in Montana in a really small town and I remember asking my mom, like, why don't we have culture? And she's thinking, <laughs> I'm sure I'm crazy. And I, I was the kid that had like all of the pop stars or whatever on my walls, but I also had pictures of Africa and Jamaica and South America and all these places that I wanted to go. And I was just mesmerized. Like I couldn't get enough of like National Geographic and just knowing. And, you know, when I was young, we had two TV channels. So it's not like I even really knew (laughs) what was out there, right? It's not like you can just Google it. I just had this sense that there was something greater and I wanted to be a part of it. And then much like you, like after experiencing it, I wanted everyone to be a part of it. And I just had this notion that like once you would be there and you meet these people and you spend a moment in time with them, they become a part of your family or your, you know, your global community. And that is very much this idea of peacekeeping and peacemaking. So, um, yeah, I'm always just so happy to sit down with someone who has felt that feeling and that's where you operate from. I think that's a really good segue to talk about with legit trips. I know um, when you create your journeys, giving back and supporting local communities is a huge part of what you um, set out to do. Um, and also incorporating responsible travel into how you design your trips. Um, can you just share a little bit with us about what that looks like and and why that's important to you? Yeah, we, we strive to be slower tourism, slightly detourism. You know, there's all these new words for travel that isn't an all-inclusive. It isn't a big cruise. It isn't doing the top five things to do in this place as fast as you can do them. So we spend time building relationships with local vendors that we can make sure the money is going right back to them. And sometimes we have to make a hard decision between, you know, for example, in getting to the islands in Belize, there used to be two ferry companies. One was locally owned. 
and one was owned by a big corporation from China. And eventually they did put the smaller locally owned, you know, the ferry basically to get from the mainland to the islands out of business. But for five and a half years, we supported the local ferry company, even though their times weren't as good, you know, like you're probably gonna have to wait longer to catch the ferry after getting off the airplane. But like we would tell our guests, we're using this one, even though you might see a flyer somewhere that has times that line up better with your airline because, and we always give them the because, you know, when we go to Thailand, you're going to go to an elephant sanctuary where you can't touch the elephant. And that is because, you know, like we, we just always give them the reasons. And we're very lucky that our guests support that. They're not like, no, I want to ride the elephant. They're like, oh my gosh, thank you for doing the research. Thank you for choosing tours and activities and suppliers that do align with my personal values. So I think that's one thing that people can just always expect when they come on a trip with us is that we care a lot. So we've done that research to make sure that you're not going to get shoved on a tour that disrespects the people, the place, or the animals of where you're visiting. And that's just really important to us for the way that we give to a, the impact that our travel has on the place that we're going, but also for the future. We want the local people to help us take care of the environment. We want them to stay in business. You know, there's a, we have a little like scuba community subset within our travelers. And some people have said like, well, can't we do the, the shark cage? And we're like, no, we don't do that. You know, like it's just, we're very lucky as business partners. We have the same values about how we want to take care of this planet. And many people will say like, travel is not great for the planet because there's a lot of emissions involved, right? So we do everything we can to offset in a different way, whether it is people just experiencing the ocean for the first time. We have had people that have never been swimming in the ocean come and try scuba diving with us. And they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I cared so much about the fish. And they go home and start a nonprofit to get straws out of their, their local town. Like that's the stuff that we hope people connect in some way and go back and make the world a better place. Even if it's just because they're then showing up as a better version of themselves, there's enough positive there that it offsets the emissions and the impact. And we're always just trying to reduce it as much as we can. Yeah, I love that so much. I think travel has such a great opportunity for education, like you mentioned. And the example in Thailand is such a great one because, you know, when we look through brochures, we just see these experiences and it's just this snapshot in this moment. And we think, oh, great, I would love to do that. Um, but there's often and not that transparency behind an activity. And so when you connect with an operator, I think sometimes it feels intimidating to say, I'm going to draw this yeah. line. But I think when you tell the story, I mean, it, it's this story of humanity. So it resonates with most people. Like, I just didn't know. And it's okay. Like, you can't know what you haven't already been told. And so right. I think this also creates that community. Like travelers feel like they've grown with you. And so they can trust you that they trust that you have their best interest at heart because you're already showing them something that they didn't know about themselves or about the world. And so I think 
it's really great to kind of get to be in that space. And also you mentioned, you know, being able to operate within your values. I think this is something that a lot of people in the tourism industry have been trying to do for a really long time, but I think now it's, I hope is becoming something that's more accepted um, that community or that consumers are asking for that, right? Like they actually want to travel aligned with their values and they're intentionally seeking out these businesses. And I remember being at a, a tour show, like right after I launched my company at this big travel market and one of like four responsible or adventure travel <laughs> company than like this little tucked away corner. <laughs> and like when people would find us, they would be really excited because they there's, you know, 90% of the people in this market aren't representing what they want out of travel. And yeah. then, um, you know, a few people would walk by and they'd look at my itinerary for Peru and they're like, are you, have you sold many of these today? Or like, you know, why don't you go to Machu Picchu? Uh, I bet you would do better if you did. And at first it was like the the startup in me was like, oh my gosh, am I making a mistake? And then I would say, you know, I've actually chosen this ruin in a community that has a lot less environmental impact um, of, you know, this, this ruin is less accessed. You're meeting with communities that don't get travelers. Your dollar is going to go so much further in this space. And some of them would be like, oh, that's so cool. I never really thought about it. And some would be like, I just want to go to Machu Picchu. And I'm like, that's fine. It's amazing. I hope when you go, you find a local operator and they're sustainable. And right now I'm just not offering that. And it's so hard as a business, like when your goal is to sell something, right? You think I must sell the thing. But yeah, I think we're finding that it's okay to hold those boundaries and find our people and create, again, create community that holds up to what we believe as well. And I don't know if you've found the same thing or feel the same way. Yeah, certainly. You know, it, we do go to Machu Picchu, but we take the less traveled Salkante route. And for a lot of those same reasons, you know, it's just over-touristed, it's full of trash. We don't want to contribute to that route just continuing to be degraded. And it's not a great experience for our guests either. We do make some unpopular decisions. And our guests now, I think, really appreciate it. And like, they'll go anywhere that we say might be great, because they trust us now. Um, You know, most of our customers are repeat customers. They come year after year or twice a year with us. And we have built that trust and even changed some of those people that, you know, in your example, might have wanted to go to Machu Picchu. Some of our guests have come along on this journey with us and really changed the way that they travel. I specifically remember this one day I was out running errands or something. I got a call from a guest and I'm like, okay, stopping like in the aisles at CVS to take this call. And she's like, I'm so sorry to bother you. I'm at the store trying to pack for my trip. And I just don't know which sunscreen is reef safe. And I was so happy. Like I couldn't have, that was such a win and such a small thing that it was her third or fourth trip with us. So she knew very well by then that no matter where we were going, we would only ask the guests to wear a reef safe sunscreen and she wasn't sure. So she was asking. And the fact that she now cared was like, oh my gosh, now who's she going to tell? And like, we get to keep this ripple going of people understanding 
that there is a repercussion to wearing copper tone on the reefs. Um, so it's really cool to see that when you do take the stand and maybe make an unpopular decision, that as long as you're supportive and you can tell the why, that maybe people will change their their ways just because of one experience. And so it feels really good. You know, it, it might feel awkward in a moment sometimes, but overall, it just, it feels real good. Hey, it's Christine, interrupting this episode for a moment to make sure you know you still have time to join our 2022 Lotus Book Sojourn. This is a unique journey exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe through the pages of nine specially selected books written by inspiring female authors. Your year-long journey will include 18 guided virtual discussions with a community of like-hearted women, as well as weekly journaling prompts and reflection, and an assigned travel companion for each book in the journey. Last year, women said this was one of the most surprising and impactful experiences they had. Join us for rich discussion, meaningful connection, and opportunity for exploration from the comfort of your home or wherever you might be in 2022. Our first book club gathering on Zoom is January 12th. Visit the website at www.lotussojourns.com backslash book dash sojourn to join today. Now back to our soulful conversation. Yeah, I love that. I feel like those moments, yeah, they just feel like you've contributed to that thing that you want to contribute to, right? Like it's, it yeah. doesn't have to be huge. And I think that's another thing when you're in this like realm of sustainability, people get overwhelmed by huge, the hugeness. And it can be as yeah. simple as this one person making this choice. Like you, you've literally changed the course of like at least those actions. And like you said, you don't know how far that's going to ripple just from that person. So I think it's yeah. okay to just feel like you can start with small actions. I know another thing that um, is kind of cool about your travel while it's group travel and it's structured and your aim is to kind of make it easy for people. You also allow for flexible itineraries and flexible travel within your itineraries. And I think that's something that's really unique. Um, can you talk about what that means or what that allows for during a travel experience? Absolutely. So on the make it easy side of things, basically our guests can just book their flight and we will do the rest and they can come by themselves. They can come with friends. Like if they need a roommate, we'll match them up. So it's, it's not this like, oh, I have to find a date that I can travel that all my friends can travel. We're going to go together. No, like we're here for whatever dates work for you. We have a group of people going somewhere and you can go with them. And also we create incredible value by doing group trips. So maybe you can afford to do things that you couldn't have afforded to do on your own. So those are, you know, and we have a trip leader on site 24 seven. So if you're scared to travel, you don't speak the language, you have barriers that are keeping you from going. For most people, having one of our expert tour leaders on the trip is the safety net that they need. It's like, I have someone I can see and reach out to when I need help. So those are the ways that we make it easy. But on the flip side, we love spontaneity. We love serendipity. We love to challenge our guests. 
So we spend the early part of a trip doing what we call the discovery, where we will create some space in the itinerary for people to kind of go out on their own, venture about, kind of get the lay of the land. And then the middle phase of the itinerary is always a challenge. It's something that you're scared to do, maybe have never done before, swimming with sharks, eating street food in Morocco, you know, whatever that pushing you outside of your comfort zone thing might be. Um, and then we have some sort of celebration at the end. And during the course of all of that, we check off like the things to do in the place. We make sure that that's in the itinerary, but then there's always just space that like new travelers will be like, why is there nothing scheduled on Tuesday before 3 PM? I'm like, Oh, that's for you to go discover the world. And we gave you these cool people to go and do it with. So a lot of the job of our trip host is connection. So day one, they're just getting to know everybody the best that they can so that they can connect people throughout the trip. Like, oh, Christine, you're into yoga. I heard there's a yoga studio down the street. And did you know that Kristen loves yoga too? Like maybe you guys could go together. There's a class at 9 a.m. tomorrow. Like we want people to see the things that aren't on Google. And we go and seek out some of those things, but we want them to go and discover them on their own. And so when people get back to us and they're like, there's nothing scheduled on Tuesday, I'm like, that's awesome. Go discover the place that you're in. Don't research. I'm like, don't look online in advance. Don't look for the top 10 things to do. Go meet a local. Ask them what they like to do on Saturday afternoon. Have them take you if they will, you know, like... We, we push people to kind of not have an itinerary. And it does make some guests a little bit uncomfortable, but especially after one trip of having that like moment of serendipity where things just come together and it's the best thing ever, most of our guests really love it. And for the like super planners, the on-site trip posts can help them plan things when they get there. But I'm always like, you aren't going to find like the best tours are not on the internet. Most of the places that we go. So we schedule sort of like the best top five things. And then we really encourage them to go find five other things that they're going to take home as memories. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much because I feel like most of my greatest and most memorable adventures are kind of from getting lost somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> just like, you know, thinking, oh, I'm, I'm, I remember one time in um, Antigua and Guatemala, like, like, I really want to go here. And for some reason, when I looked on my phone, it had the um, driving directions to where I was trying to go, but there's all these one-way streets. And so I <laughs> knew in my mind, it was kind of over here. So I would start walking that way, but then my GPS, when I check it was like sending me this way. And so I, I walked for like two hours before I got to where I thought I was going. But in the course of that time, I ended up being um, outside of this church when people, families were gathering to go inside and there was vendors setting up like these small little stands to provide snacks to people going into the church. And then, you know, there was this other thing that happened and I ended up at this huge festival and I'm like, none of this would happened if I had gone exactly. to the thing or if I hadn't just been okay with letting the travel happen to me. 
Yeah. And so I think that's such a gift to be able to teach people how to do that, because especially coming from the Western world, we're like, okay, let's what's happening this 10 minutes. Okay. We have a like four and a half second break for water (laughs) in the bathroom. And then we're going to do the next thing. And we don't even know how to travel with an expanse of three or four hours with nothing to do. It seems like a waste of time. And so to retrain people to know that actually that's going to be the, probably the highlight of your entire trip is a huge task, but I love that you have (laughs) taken it on. (laughs) You know, we do consider that in the destinations that we choose. If it's a place where people really can't like self-serve, we really, really consider before we choose to go somewhere like that. So yeah, we try to set them up for success. Yeah. And I think it's so fun. And I would love to to hear from them like what that has brought. But I think that ties really well into the next topic that I wanted to bring into our conversation, which is kind of over this past two years, obviously, um, flexibility and resiliency as operators, as travelers, as humans <laughs> has been required. Um, a lot of us, our businesses have changed. And I know one of the things that you've brought into Legit Trips is becoming a professional life coach and kind of bringing that even deeper experience into travel. So I'd love for you to share like your journey to that space and then what that brings to your travelers. Yeah, I had my own personal development journey that I thought was just for me. I was really miserable at work. I was desperately unhappy in my marriage. Like just things were terrible. And I was like Googling on the internet, there's got to be someone that can fix my life. Right. Um, And I was very, very like regimented about every minute of every day and planning. I never would have allowed the serendipity in my, my old ways. Um, and so I discovered Tony Robbins. I started going to his events. I followed him all around the world for a year and a half, going to every event, becoming a certified master in all of these different areas of life. And I just never really had time with my travel business to think about wanting to pursue coaching or how to integrate personal development into legit, like we were busy. And when COVID happened, that was the time that I could say, okay, there's really not a lot to do now that we've processed all of these changes. And like, what what do I want to do with my life? If it's not this, you know, most entrepreneurs don't question what they want to do with their life once they've committed to their business. And COVID gave us that little bit of a gift where it was like, is this even what I want to do? And you kind of had a free ticket out if you wanted it. You know, it would have been very easy to just say, this is hard. I'm out. I'm going to go get a job. And my business partner and I both had moments where it was like, I can't do this. This is really hard. And luckily we had each other and we each kind of just started exploring different things that we were good at, which at the end of the day has only helped the business. And for me, I had the opportunity last fall to have an event that I thought was just like weird, crazy Kristen all in one weekend. And we hosted it as a legit trip. It had the elements of a legit trip that 
you know, it's travel to a really beautiful, inspiring place where you get to go and see and do some of the things. However, it was also mostly personal development workshops every single day, most all of the day. And I also used to have a yoga studio. So I taught yoga every morning and breathing and meditation. And it was just like these three parts of my life that I never thought really belonged together. And somehow people were interested and came to the retreat. And that now is part of our business and will continue to be at least once a year, if not twice a year, I will host these retreats that sort of bring travel and personal growth together. And I'm getting to the point where like, I definitely will need some help because it is really hard to be the travel planner and the coach and the yoga teacher all in one trip. So I appreciate everything that our our vendors do for us on all of our other itineraries because having to be them for a whole trip was very challenging, um, but really rewarding and just a very different depth of transformation that came out of that trip. Transformation is a word that we use to drive our decisions on all of our legit trips. Like, is there an opportunity for transformation on this trip? If there isn't, we're going to go and find one uh, and make sure that it gets into the itinerary. But, you know, the, the retreat style really allowed for a deeper focus on that instead of it just being like one part. So it's really rewarding for me to be able to sort of have that gift of time to focus on coaching. I got a bunch of certifications to actually be a life coach and a career coach and build that business. And now it just kind of runs alongside legit trips. And I, I feel like it's the best of both worlds that legit trip feels kind of macro to me at this point. And coaching feels very micro. Like I work one-on-one, you know, it's just like direct line of communication. You're not going anywhere generally. So it's just a really nice complement and balance. Yeah. I think um, it's been really, for me, fun to see my other colleagues kind of go through that same process this year, right? Like, like yeah. you said, kind of like once we put out the fires and like took a breath and figured out like, what yeah. are we going to do right now? We started exploring you know, like what else is there? Like if I'm not doing travel, who am I and what else do I love and what else can I bring into it? And then also very interestingly, like all of them kind of happen to lay upon travel, which I think is really speaks to the power of travel and the importance of travel. And, and kind of going back to what you said before, like how, how can travel be something meaningful to people and to others and to place and offset any of the like environmental things that it is creating, like what, what's the balance with that? And I think it's these things that people are bringing to tourism and to travel. And I know for me, when I created my company, I, I was kind of the same, like, what are the things I love about travel? And then I also like had my own journey. And I think so many of us land in travel because we did do this kind of exploration (laughs) or we're seeking. So we're already seekers. And again, like we want to bring people along that journey. So then 
I think it is really natural for us to then want to like deepen how we can communicate that to others and bring this element of life coaching and career coaching to travel because travel is already going to give you some of the answers. And so it's just all this like big magic puzzle, I think. So I appreciate you sharing what that has felt like for you. Um, In terms of travelers, um, I know that especially right now with Omicron and like us feeling these, like this (laughs) repeat or a groundhog's day a bit in the industry, like we're like, oh my gosh, are we here again? Where is here? What are we doing? Um, I, I even was looking at traveling and, and had to I I had to, I couldn't even get myself to the spot where I felt really comfortable saying yes for a certain trip. And this was because of political reasons in the area I was going to, but it mm-hmm. made me re-examine like, what is traveler, what are travelers asking themselves right now? Who, who is travel for right now? And you and I were talking about this a little bit before we jumped on to this conversation, but I would love to just spend a few minutes talking about what travelers can expect out of travel, who is the best person to be traveling right now and kind of what do experiences look like? And if you would like to share, I would love for that. Absolutely. I think that travelers need to be patient right now, especially exactly right now. Flights are getting canceled all the time because the airlines don't have the staff, you know, They can't afford for 10% of their staff to be out sick and it's happening over and over again. And so I think people that have plenty of vacation time or can take their work on the road with them are probably the ones that will enjoy traveling the most right now because you are likely to have delays, whether it is with your flight or, you know, if you were to test positive in a different country, you have to wait before you can come back to the US. So that can add on a bit of time to an itinerary. Like it is not a good idea to try to go away for the weekend right now. That is a recipe for stress and disaster. But if you're planning a big trip to Antarctica or to see the Northern Lights or 10 days in Morocco, like those types of trips, I think are still worth it if you can afford to handle some delays, some cancellations. We had a trip to Greece this summer, which it was it was kind of quiet in the way of COVID affecting things this summer in Greece, but there was a shortage of ferry drivers and our ferries were delayed and you know it just there's a lot of unpredictability. So if you can embrace whatever is happening and be grateful for the experience and not be trying to have it your way or have it just so, you can definitely enjoy great travel right now. Um, but there are many unexpected costs, delays, you know, a cost of money, a cost of time. Like you need to be able to have the space in your life or in your budget to a- accommodate the unexpected. Um, you know, you could be in a tour and they find out that someone in the tour was exposed to COVID. You know, the tour operator could ask you to take a test in the middle of your trip, which you didn't plan on. And that's going to be on your expense. So it's a hundred bucks or so 
pretty much anywhere now to get a COVID test and to go on any trip now, you probably need at least two COVID tests. If not three, that doesn't account for the unexpected one. Then there's insurance to cover for the unexpected stuff. So, you know, account for the cost of the trip plus two or $300 in COVID tests plus about 10 to 15% of the cost of the trip for insurance. And we are encouraging a lot more insurance than we typically advise. It's not really something we ever like required of our guests. We would offer it, but not require it. We're still not requiring it, but we're pushing it a lot stronger than ever before. And also encouraging people to get additional insurances that cover specifically for if you are stuck in a different country, waiting out a quarantine that you can have hotel and food paid for until you can get back into the US. That's the one that we've never offered before. We've never, you know, sold to anybody. And now we encourage that to every single guest because, you know, heaven forbid you can't get back to work. Uh, you can't get back to take care of your dog. You know, like there's so many things that if you expect to come back January 10th and you can't come home till January 15th or 16th, there's a lot of cost involved in that. So if you can handle the cost and the waiting, you know, everything is, it's taking longer to clean and to sanitize when it comes to restaurants and hotel rooms. Like there's just more waiting and more cost. We have a lot of guests that are just so hungry to travel and they're they're going and they're having great times and great experiences. And many, but not all of our destinations this year have been quieter than normal. So maybe you have an opportunity to see a place without quite as many tourists as, as normal. Uh, we always struggle with that because it's like, we are tourists. <laughs> But we we don't want there to be millions of, of tourists. Um, I know that our group in Morocco very much had that experience. It was like, it felt so private. Like they had their own guide who was with them the whole time. And it was a very like, you can go anywhere and do anything kind of experience. And it was, it was a very rich, deep uh, cultural experience for them that, you know, could have been taken away from by sharing it with more people. And, you know, there's some good deals out there to be had, you know, there's, there's definitely silver lining and there's reward for people that are willing and able to travel right now. That's a different world. It's a whole, don't expect it to be like it used to be. (laughs) Yeah. I remember early in the pandemic seeing pictures of places like Taj Mahal or Machu Picchu or places that usually just have droves of travelers and there's just no one. And uh, my traveler bug in me was like, let me at it. Like I want that moment, (laughs) like being the discoverer of these magical places and to have that moment with them in quiet. Like it would just, it would, I can't even convey like the magic that would from that experience. So I do think there's a lot of places I've I've talked to other avid travelers who've landed, you know, on islands where there's normally hundreds or thousands of tourists and there's just them. And so like, there's these moments to be had by being able to navigate, like you said, some of these challenges and restrictions that are being put in place in order to travel. But I think really realistically understanding 
what it means to be a traveler right now is something that people who are listening really just need to take into consideration. And like you said, not to discourage traveling, but just to know really what to expect and to know that people like you and myself and people in the countries that we're working with are all really trying to serve and create amazing experiences. Like that's still top of mind for us, top of heart for us, but so many things are out of our control. Like we can't control how many ferry drivers in Greece have COVID or, or not working. Exactly. Or, and, it, and so you hear stories like that all of the time. But I think also maybe there's that moment where you got stuck waiting for a ferry for two hours where you got to do something you didn't anticipate too. So yeah, just, just knowing. And I think one conversation I had about insurance that I hadn't really thought about is so many people are putting in claims right now. And so like knowing that not only do you need to have the insurance, but you might need to have the funds to yeah. pay for the quarantine while you're quarantined and submit it to insurance. And you might and not wait. get reimbursed for a little bit of yeah. time. So like travelers just need to be really savvy. Like this is not the time, like you said, it's not about weekend travel. It's not about this kind of like it's not as free as it used to be. Like you really need to think about it. And it also actually takes me back to like early explorers, right? There was a risk to travel, but there was a reward. And so it's almost a little more magical like that. Like we have to have a little more personal skin in the game to take travel. It's not just what it was before where it was very kind of self-serving and very demand driven. Like it's not about that. It's about people really needing to be out there in the world and connecting with one another and supporting one another. And so I think that while there's difficulties, there's, there is reward. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit um, before we end about this kind of idea of um, what travel does mean for communities. And you were sharing um, with me earlier about your trip to Morocco and, and this idea that there are a lot of places that have been incredibly impacted by the loss of travel, but this is also creating a space where communities want to welcome travelers again, offering this kind of different, richer experience because of this space of travel. But I'd love for you to talk about like this, what this travel really does mean for communities right now. Yeah. I mean, we spend a lot of time, just our company going to third world countries, places that are not as developed and many of them rely on tourism for their income. Um, So it was very heartbreaking to sit around for a year in 2020 and feel like we couldn't do anything. Um, The only thing that we came up with was to offer like virtual tours and learning with our vendors so that our guests could get on Zoom and get a tour of a Balinese neighborhood um, and do like a little cooking class with our vendors in Bali. But, you know, that was all we really felt like we could do. There wasn't, you, you just couldn't travel. So now that we can travel, it is this balance of, is the community ready for travelers? You know, what are the restrictions? Oftentimes there's like a curfew. You can't be out during certain hours and things like that. Like, is the community really ready? And luckily we have local contacts and close contacts pretty much everywhere that we go now. So we can ask like, 
what's what's really happening on the street? Are you ready for us? And make sure that it is going to serve them. But generally, most of our destinations are so desperate. They're like, you can come here and and risk bringing disease with you and give us money to buy food or we're going to go hungry. You know, what our destination where we started the company was in Keycocker, Belize, and the food banks were out of food like nine months into COVID. And it was like, well, the solution is that tourism has to come back because there are, that there's nothing else that they can do. It's a teeny tiny island. It's, it's really difficult when a community has their main product is tourism. And for the first time ever, tourism has been turned off for an extended amount of time. So a lot of the communities that we visit are just really struggling and it feels incredible to be able to go and give them something. You know, it's a lot of hope. We are not enough people. <laughs> Legit Trips is a very small travel community. Um, we're not enough to keep them afloat, but we can go and have a positive experience and share it with others. And then those people feel like maybe they could go and have a positive experience. And we're hoping that we can just be part of the solution of getting some of these communities back on their feet. Um, you know, Morocco has had a really tough ride of the borders just being closed completely. And then people being afraid to go there, even once they reopen. And we have had a, we had a very successful trip to Morocco where the guests just felt so compelled to give to everyone in the community. Um, you know, they, they rely so much on tourism that just having 100% of their income cut was so challenging that our guests were just like, what would it take to get you to where you need to be? You know, like, take me on another tour because I just like want you to have food for your family. And that is how dire it is in some places. Like they don't have money for food. And, you know, it, it's not a good thing when a community's only product is tourism. So I'm hopeful that throughout the pandemic and some of these places, they've been able to cultivate other um, industries and skills and ways of building income. But tourism is kind of like a quick fix. So for better or worse, it feels good to be able to contribute in a very meaningful way. You know, for example, in Morocco, we had nine guests and each of them tipped about $100 to our guide who is with us for 10 days. So, you know, $10 a day per person for a tip. And to most of our guests, that was nothing. And to him, it was more than a quarter of his annual salary, typically. So to know that in 10 days, we can get him 25% of the way back to like what he needs, feels like we made a very substantial impact. And I'm just really super grateful for the generosity of our guests and them wanting to use their means in a, in a really positive way. So it is, it's hard to see some of the places that you know and love will be different when you go back especially for, you know, the short-term future, but 
just doing what we can. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I think, again, depending on how you travel, you, you don't always see you don't always see that impact if you're in an all-inclusive resort or you're on a cruise, mm-hmm. like you're, you're kind of sheltered from, from all of these other pieces that support um, tourism and that were impacted by this loss of tourism. And yeah. um, I think it's, it's really important to understand how important it is. I mean, it's the largest industry in most countries around the world. And so it, it has been hugely impactful and at the same time, I love the idea of, you know, when you're traveling and you feel like you want to help saying like, okay, can I take another tour with this guide and know that this is going to greatly impact them and their family and their community and, um, and then carrying that forward. So the next time you travel, no, I'm going to look for a local guide and I'm going to ask them to take me, you know, to do this excursion versus whatever one I found on the internet, which might not have a direct local um, connection. And I think, um, again, hopefully the the experiences that we're having or the way that we're thinking about travel right now will move forward to bring this idea of how can we partner as communities, as, as this collective to bring about change to if we're traveling to community repeatedly that has been impacted by the loss of travel, how can they diversify where their income comes from? Can we support small businesses in a different way? Are there venture capital initiatives linked to some of these smaller areas? Like there's so many ways once we start looking at what travel means to then support travel outside of actually traveling, which is what where a lot of us have been this last year as well. Like we, we are deeply connected to these communities that we believe in. And so um, we, we have as business owners have wanted to do that as well and to bring that to our travelers. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this before we wrap up. um, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about where people can find you, where they can find what you're currently offering. And then we're going to end with a series of uh, rapid fire questions before we. Okay. Well, we are found at legittrips.com. That's our home base for everything. You can see all of our trips there. You can sign up for a trip there. You can contact us. If you prefer social media, we are more happening on Instagram and it's legit underscore trips because someone already had legit trips. (laughs) So um, yeah, just you can link it to everything from the website. So I would love to hear from you. Happy to answer questions. We offer free travel consultations for anyone, even if they're not traveling with us, you can always hop on the phone with us for 15 minutes and we'll tell you what we know, (laughs) if anything. So yeah, thanks so much. Excellent. Thank you. Um, Well, the first question is, uh, what is your favorite book or movie that offers you a travel escape or inspires you to adventure? That's a great question. I want to ask so many people that now. Um, I think about this book called Rowing to Latitude, and it is from way, way back. It's just such a cool question. It made me think of something I haven't thought of in so long, and it's about someone who kayaks all around the world. And I I believe it's like a circumnavigation of one continent or island or something. Uh, I don't even know who the author is. I can just picture the cover of the book. It's very blue with the kayak on it. And I, I think I read it in college or right after college. And the kinds of books that are like things I would never do are always the most inspirational to me. And as I say that, 
three cups of tea also stands out to me as very inspirational, um, like the good that you can do in the world through travel. Um, I just read one uh, in my Lotus book Sojourn. It's called uh, Land Without Borders. And it was very much like that. She was riding the um, Silk Route um, by bicycle, which seems insane. And the beginning of the book is her like trying to drag her bike across this border. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I will never do this. And I can't yeah. stop reading about this person right. who could do this. So I agree. Those kind of books are very intriguing. Uh, what is always in your suitcase or backpack when you travel? Yes, a eye mask, a neck pillow, noise canceling earphones. I am a big travel sleeper. So if I'm on a bus, a boat, a plane, I'm sleeping. Like I, I just want to be awake and alive when I get to where I'm going. So those are always in my backpack. And then I would say, like functionally, sneakers, a hat, like a sun hat of some sort. And just like those clothes that work for everything. Like I have so many clothes that can't wrinkle (laughs) and like just a romper that you can wear for everything or like a sundress that's a cover up and can be dressed up. Like I'm, I pack very light. So I love anything that's just very versatile. I love that. When I first started in the travel industry and I was traveling with people who are very seasoned travelers, I loved watching their kind of ritual to get through security and then like to get on the plane and how they set themselves up for their 12 hour flight and, and then what they would wear. It was, it's very much an art that you develop over time. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, What has been your favorite destination? Oh man, people ask me this all the time. It is the hardest question to answer. I always give like seven answers. <laughs> I think I uh, I used to be the kind of person that would never go back to the same place twice. And then I started running group trips and had to go back to the same place more than once. So Keycocker Belize is where we founded the business. It's where our first trip was. We have gone every year on the exact same dates for six years running now. Seven if you include the one that was not a legit trip. And there is something magic about going back to the same place. You see the same people. You kind of like, it feels different. It feels like a vacation, but you're like, I can't wait to go see Shorty and get a smoothie. And there's just a different level of care. And especially if you go somewhere really small, which I always prefer that I I have been very sick twice on Keycocker. And both times, I just felt like the island took care of me. Like the guy at the bar was like, oh, you seem sick. You should have this special tea with honey and lemon. And like found me later and made sure I was feeling better. And things like that, I feel like are very special if you can go back to the same place again and again. So Keycocker is the place I would go back to anytime. If someone was like, you could go anywhere this weekend, where you, where would you go? I would probably like go home, you know, to this Mm -hmm. other place that I love so much. Um, And the Caribbean is generally my happy place. So I've been to about 50% of the Caribbean islands and I haven't, there's maybe like one or two I wouldn't go back to. I feel like if you want to see a lot of the world in a small space, 
I've, I've done these like island hopping trips where you go from this background and culture to this background and culture with a one hour flight or a short ferry ride. And it's just crazy. So if I had to pick a region, it would certainly be the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, we hadn't have never connected on this, but I spent quite a lot of time in Key Cocker as well. I spent a month oh, cool. there once and I've probably been back a dozen times. So um, I also, I'm like, oh, I know what you're talking about literally. And you're <laughs> wanting to see the person, you know, you have this certain person that cooks fish even a way that you love or that you know is going to be walking by at 11 with banana bread. And yep. it becomes this... Uh, you, you feel home, like you said, like you feel home. And I think traveling and then allowing that to happen again, shifts how you see the world, because if you can feel home somewhere that's so disconnected from your actual home, it allows you to see like the world as this place that is available to you. And so I yeah. think there's something special about repeating and creating those connections. Um, yeah. where do you still long to visit besides maybe 50% of the Caribbean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was supposed to go to Turkey at the beginning of COVID and I wasn't able to go. So that is on the list for the latter half of 2022. Um, very much looking forward to that. I have never been hot air ballooning. And so I decided if I was going to do it, I should do it in like the coolest place in the world to do it. So we're going to uh, Cappadocia and that is a legit trip. And we do have spots available if anyone's interested in coming hot air ballooning with me. And then my like longer down the road dream trips are India. I, I would like to go for about a month or more and do a yoga intensive experience. I still have uh, African safari on my list to the Nagorogoro crater. That's something we are putting into works for Ligia trips in 2024. It is quite a bucket list trip. Uh, it's not cheap to get all the permits and everything that you need to be able to view the animals in the wild in this like insanely dense crater um, that is truly Eden for all the big animals. So I'm excited to do that, but it doesn't even seem real still, but that'll be in a couple of years, hopefully. I really, you know, I could die happy tomorrow. I've been all over the world three times. Like I, I've seen so much. Um, I don't long for very much, but I still have some places I'd like to see. Yeah, um, we have very similar, very similar re remaining uh, experiences. <laughs> so maybe we'll cross paths as we do those sure. journeys. What do you eat that immediately connects you to a place that you've been? Mm, lime and coconut, especially better if they're together. Um, <laughs> I, you know, have traveled very extensively in Central America and the Caribbean, and there are places where lime and coconut go together. And there are places where I have to fight with people to put lime and coconut in one dish or glass. They're like, they don't go together. I'm like, there's a song, they go together. But I discovered the lime and the coconut drink, which is not very alcoholic. It's mostly just coconut cream and lime and sugar blended up and it's delicious and refreshing when you're like in that hot Caribbean heat. 
I think it was in St. Croix, which is in the U.S. Virgin Islands, that I discovered that. And then as I traveled all over the Caribbean, I just always wanted that. I'm like, I'm in the Caribbean. I should have lime in the coconut. And I couldn't believe how many places would tell me like, well, you can't have that here. You know, we keep our lime and coconut separate. I'd be like, what the heck? (laughs) Um, But yeah, coconut, I mean, always transports me to somewhere tropical, but especially the two together. Yeah. Mm. It sounds so good right now, especially it's freezing cold. Um, (laughs) Who is the person that inspired or encouraged you to set out and explore the world? It actually... um, wasn't a person. I don't have a very glamorous story. My friends like that I lived with in college had all decided to study abroad. And I'm the one that was like, the college is cool. Stay here. We should just stay together. And no one wanted to stay. So I would credit my college roommates because I was like, well, if they're going, I'm going. (laughs) I'm not going to stay behind here without them. And I really truly was just pushed into doing it. I was a small town girl that went to college three hours away from my hometown. I drove home on weekends to see my family. So I didn't really have a desire to go and see the world until I had already seen it. I was not very motivated other than just not wanting to be left behind. (laughs) So yeah, well, I'm grateful for your roommates too, because I imagine that your life would be so different without that experience. So um, if you could take an adventure with one person, fictional or real, alive or past, who would it be? This is, um, so Tony Robbins has this like club that you can buy into where he takes trips all around the world with a small group of people. I think it's a hundred and it's, it's a gross amount of money per year. I probably will never do it, but they do things like going to Carnival in Buenos Aires. And when you get to your room, you check in and open the door to your closet and it's all costume, custom made for you, for your size, for your taste and style. So when I think about something I will probably never do, but I would love to do is to go do something like that. Like just so crazy over the top that like I get somewhere and there's clothes made for me in the closet that are just like perfect for what you're about to go and do feels a little bit like a James Bond movie or something where like everything is just manicured and perfect and magical and yeah um well thank you so much for sharing this conversation and sharing so much of your story and um I just love so much uh really thinking how deeply connected community and travel are and I think you and legit ships are such a great example of that so thank you so much for sharing your passion and commitment to that thank you I appreciate the the platform to share and I hope that it inspires one person to, to go and to travel or do something that they're afraid of and that they might not have done. Um, I always, that's my goal in, in sharing our story is to motivate people to get outside their comfort zone, whether they travel with us or not means no difference to me. So I just really appreciate you having this platform and being so open and, and sharing with so many people. I hope it's an inspiration to lots of people. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Soul of Travel. 
I hope you enjoyed the journey. If you love this conversation, I encourage you to subscribe, rate the podcast, and share the episodes that inspire you with others. I am so proud of the way these conversations are bringing together people from around the world. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I am so happy you are here. You can find all the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourns community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can learn more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can see details about the transformational sojourns I guide for women, as well as my book Sojourn, which offers an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. I am all about community and would love to connect. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective. Or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or at Soul of Travel Podcast. Stay up to date by joining the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story. Your story.